NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters. The hockey moms and hockey dads and everything else that makes this house of hockey your home come on in i'm breezy and i'm ray ray and, and this, this is, is our house. house it's everyone's favorite tournament of the year the golfers are in augusta georgia to compete for the coveted jacket and DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green see what we did there this week DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the one million dollar top prize when you download and sign up using promo code thpn that's thpn for the hockey podcast network if you haven't tried DraftKings. This is the time. It's so fun and it's easy to play. You just pick six golfers, you stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then you just sit back, put on the golf, and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even if you don't know what that is, you can still watch and have fun and make money. So even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN, that's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network, during sign up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot, free shot at the $1 million top prize. Use code THPN and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply and see DraftKings.com for details. What's up, guys? You are listening to the House of Hockey podcast. I am one of your hosts, Breezy. And I'm your other host, Ray Ray. And this is episode 56. Yes, 56. And we have a super cool guy on the episode this week. This is... uh, We have Kenny Ryan in, and he played professional hockey uh, for, gosh, he played for the AHL, the ECHL. He played over in Europe. He was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, alongside, uh, who was in his draft year? John Uh, Tavares. Tavares, uh, DeShane, Oliver Ekman-Larsen. Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman. (laughs) Yeah, gosh, the guy's Robin Leonard. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) That's his draft class from 09. So not a big deal at all. Just no, just not a big deal. But no, uh, and he's yeah. so casual about it too. The draft 
was like, cool, we were at a hotel. You'll hear his his experience <laughs> with the draft. We asked him about that story and his coaching career. You're going to hear all about that, how he wound up coaching um, the girls and what that's like and how it's impacted his life and how he's helping them and, you know, women's hockey, growing that sport from a professional aspect. And we got a couple good bus stories out of him, too, yeah. from his days in the A. Definitely. So all around good episode. Uh, loved having Kenny on and we're super excited for him to come to LA and hang out with us so we can do a live podcast episode, uh, hopefully Seriously. in the near future. Seriously, how cool <laughs> will that be when we can go live at like a bar somewhere and just bring in a bunch of people yeah. and chat and live broadcast i mean that'd be cool also <laughs> does it bother you that i just offer up your barbecuing services to every single <laughs> guest we've had on when you're like come on over i'm like and breezy can cook it's because like i can't cook I mean, yeah i can cook like four things but i'm like breezy will just barbecue like i'll buy yeah. i'll give you money you'll buy you cook and like that does that bother you it doesn't bother me at all. Okay. I mean, you've offered my <laughs> services to Carlin Bade, and she said that she would offer it for the chartered flights with LA Kings. I mean, my future right. could be somewhere. I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, I, no, it doesn't bother me one bit. You're okay. <laughs> you know, I saw this new recipe that I feel like you would be really good at making. But what is it? Like I don't, I don't craft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I don't know. I might be regretting this because you do have to use a toaster, and I don't know how well you are with a toaster. <laughs> it varies. I have burnt okay. a few pieces of toast and had to throw them away. Okay, well, maybe I'm just like new to this train, but you take a piece of toast. Okay. And you put ricotta cheese on it and then drizzle with honey. And you can add pear if you want. Doesn't that sound good? I think I could manage that. I think you could too. I think I could. I think I could do a good job with that. <laughs> I have a shut the front door. Nathan McKinnon is chucking buckets. <laughs> okay Please. if you don't know what i'm talking about nathan mckinnon decided during the who are they playing the coyotes yes the coyotes a couple days ago there what yeah the coyotes he was frustrated and there was a scuffle on the ice and nathan mckinnon picked up a helmet off of the ice and just whipped it at the Coyotes' Connor Garland and, like, hit him in the head. He got a game misconduct penalty, a $5,000 fine for chucking a bucket. I am really disappointed in him because who throws a fucking helmet? Okay, Use well... your fists like any good yeah. any good hockey man will do. And punch the guy in the face. He didn't have the helmet on. Why are you chucking a helmet that's so lame? That's a, such a stupid fine. That's like what we saw with um, Jordan Binnington, like trying to fight everybody else because he got pulled out of the game. I'm like, this is, you're so, no, you were, this is, no, we're not throwing helmets. No more of this. This is not what's happening in the game of hockey. But Fighting. isn't it a rule to, like, once you lose your bucket, you have to immediately get off the ice? Yeah. Right? 
So maybe Nathan was going, hey, dude, put your helmet on. I want to fight you. So he like chucked it. No, don't defend him. (laughs) I'm not defending him. (laughs) That came through my head and I was like, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. He shouldn't have thrown it. It was it was just so disappointing when you get to play a sport where you can actually punch people in the (laughs) face and fight them and like only get a two minute penalty and get to go back in the game. You decide to pick up a helmet and chuck it at somebody like, no, you're missing the you're missing the point here. This is you're missing (laughs) the beautiful aspects of this game, Nathan. And now you just look like a goober for doing that. Also, I do have a theory that we're seeing more of this erratic behavior because of the rivalries that have now been developing and the frustrations, mm-hmm. I think, that is compounded by so many different things, right? You're playing the same team sometimes back to back. You're playing mm-hmm. them eight to nine times. It's annoying AF. And you're quarantined you're not going out to dinner you're stuck in your hotel room you're just going on a plane like all of the things to release your frustrations are taken away and so i i understand why it's happening and i'm not super mad about it because it's sort of funny and fun for me to watch and then give him shit for on the podcast (laughs) um but let's not throw helmets anymore I'm also going to bring up that our two teams uh, have been playing each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for those of you who are probably listening and watching, uh, we are recording this on Saturday and I just got the notification that the Preds and the Hawks game just started. Oh, yeah. So what's your prediction? Well, considering we didn't do too well the last weekend we played you. I mean, your defense is very aggressive, and they are very strong on the four check, right? Mm-hmm. That would be the yeah. four check. Mm-hmm. I, I have to think about that before I say it. Um, and the Blackhawks don't react well to that, and they and no. they haven't, and they have a hard time uh, with you guys. You're very aggressive. The defense is really strong. So I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Um we're kind of losing some steam here and and struggling a little bit these last couple of games. What do you think? Well, I don't know. It's tough. The Preds have good games and they have bad games. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple players that are uh, maybe losing some steam, I would say. Uh, Philip Forsberg is out. He has an upper body injury, so that's going to sting a bit. But um, I think that they could do pretty well, but I never underestimate the Hawks one one bit. Yeah. Um, hopefully they could win. They really need to win so they can get up, uh, get the point streak up. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Both of us we'll need to happens. win. I know. Yeah, I don't we're know. We're right all, we're like in that middle range and all of these yeah. games count. And I mean, like I said at the beginning of the season, just, I, I don't expect any greatness or, you know, if they, yeah. if they get a wild card to get into the playoffs, great. But mm-hmm. I also don't fully expect that to happen. Yeah. Did yeah. you see Dylan Strom, who plays for the Blackhawks? He just became a dad. Like, maybe it's been a week now. Yeah. But he became yeah. a dad. And then his first game back, he scored the first goal of the game really? for the Hawks. Yeah. That's pretty like, cool. Oh, baby is good luck. Oh, <laughs> that's those, those new dad vibes. <laughs> yeah. Sheesh. That's funny. 
Nope, I didn't see that though, but oh. that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here with all of the off-ice Blackhawks news. Well, not all oh. of them, but uh, do you have an update for us on your Roman Yossi paraphernalia from the auction? No, not yet. The girl emailed me and okay. uh, she said, thanks for your patience while we're trying to get all of the stuff out. Um, I'm still waiting. I don't know when it's going to get here, but uh, anxiously awaiting. And I ended up saying, I, I told my dad, I said, man, I, this is what happened. Uh, <laughs> I might have to hang it off the back of the house if it's big. And he goes, okay. Okay. <laughs> I just can't wait for the 18 wheeler to come barreling down your street <laughs> in your like nice residential, like cul-de-sac of a neighborhood. And people are going to be like, what's happening at Breezy's house? And it's I like, know. They're going to need like eight people to wheel this banner into the, where do you want this, ma'am? <laughs> where should we I put actually, it? I actually had two smokers delivered like a week and a half apart. Uh, and they both came in a huge semi truck and it was the same delivery driver. <laughs> oh my God. Are you barbecuing for Easter Sunday? Do you do Easter? Is that a thing in your world? Uh, well, Easter actually falls on my youngest nephew's birthday. So... Uh, we're doing more of uh, like a little birthday get together for him. He's turning six. Uh, so I'm super excited for I got him a mini hockey set for his birthday because he yes. loves coming over and playing hockey in my room. The, the couch behind me, he calls it his talk about it couch. He likes to come up and talk about it and then stands on the balance board and has the hockey stick. So I got him a mini hockey stick Aww. and net and I'm super excited to bring it to his house tomorrow so we can play. Um, but yeah, not really doing too much. I'm cooking nothing fancy so and remember everybody breezy's nothing fancy is really delicious food well i wanted to cook armadillo eggs but i don't think i have enough time to do it what the hell is that an armadillo you've never seen that is that like a literal egg from an armadillo no 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 do they lay eggs like what's happening i think so they're reptiles aren't they i think so Okay, so what is an armadillo egg? So it's a stuffed jalapeno Mm -hmm. and then you wrap it in like sausage, like breakfast sausage, and then you wrap it in bacon. And so it's like an egg. Yep. Okay, I'm here for that. I'm going to put that on the menu for for (laughs) For our barbecue party. For our barbecue podcast. Our barbecue pod pod party. Pod party in LA with like all of our all of our people. Yeah, and Roman Yossi will be there uh, in banner of form. Of course, yes. that will be the backdrop behind yes. us podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network, and the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way 
anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience. We have Kenny Ryan, who is an American professional ice hockey right winger who was drafted 50th overall by the Toronto Maple Leafs in 2009. He has played all over and is now the coach for the Little Caesars U16 Girls AAA, who just won state and are heading into nationals. Hear all about his playing career and coaching career doing, during this conversation. So, Kenny? So, um, I played hockey the majority of my life. Um, I retired probably about two years ago. Um, I finished up playing overseas in Europe and then came back to Detroit where my parents are from. Um, my wife and I moved back here. And the last two years, I've worked with uh, Brian Ralston. He has a hockey academy here in Detroit area. Um, on the more of the skill and player development side of things. And then um, I've also been involved with the Little Caesars, you know, hockey club. Uh, this was my first year. I actually coached a team. So it's been, you know, a lot of fun um, kind of transitioning out of playing into still being involved in hockey and, um, you know, doing things on this side of it. Nice. How was your time playing in Europe? We've heard some, uh, some different, I guess, uh, opinions on how certain players were treated and how their time was. Yeah, I, you know, I was very fortunate when I went over there. Um, you know, I've, I've heard kind of some horror stories <laughs> as well and good places and not the best, I guess you'd say, but I, I was very fortunate. I, I was, uh, just outside of Zurich in Switzerland and, um, 
you know, I absolutely loved it over there. It was practices and games. The traveling was much lighter and different compared to what it is in North America. And, you know, every day over there, we get out of practice to be like one o'clock or so. And it's like, all right, well, where are we going to go today? Or what hike, what mountain are we going to go look at? Whatever it may be. And, you know, we got to go to, I think like, we went to Milan. We went to, um, of course, we went to like Oktoberfest in Germany. Ooh. We went um, to London and, you know, a bunch of little cities all around. But it was, you know, a three or four hour drive and you're in some totally new country and you're seeing all these places. And I knew going into that year that I was probably getting closer to the end of my career and, you know, finding that next chapter in my life, whatever that may be. So I wanted to really enjoy, enjoy the experience over there as well. Um, not that hockey wasn't the reason as to why we were there, but, you know, I also wanted to travel a bit more and, you know, go see different things that I typically wouldn't be able to do over here. Do you have like a favorite experience in Europe or a place that you went to or a story you can tell of your time in, in Europe? I, I loved London. I think it was because to where we lived in um, Switzerland, there there's like four or five different regions where the main language is all different. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's German or French or whatever that may be Italian and when we got to go to London I was just like it was kind of the time of the year I just really kind of missed home at that point it was you know we're not quite halfway through the season but it kind of feels like it so going to London was really nice just because it was English speaking and it felt kind of like your home and um I, I really loved that and then um you know going to the Oktoberfest my buddy plays but he did play over in uh the first league in Germany and we went over there um for two nights and driving down the autobahn and nice. driving back way too early in the morning to, <laughs> to make it back for practice and it was uh it was a long drive but we made it and um it was a really cool experience though I mean it's something that I'll definitely always remember and um, was very excited to you know be able to do that. Definitely. So how did you get into coaching? Um, I kind of just fell into it, honestly. Like I, I got back and I knew that I wanted to keep being in hockey and I didn't know to what degree that, that may be. Um, but when I started working with Brian Ralston at his academy. I give lessons I on the ice, uh, you know, three or four groups a day. And I really enjoyed that. He's also the director of Little Caesars. And the first year I didn't um, do any team coaching, but this past year um, an opportunity kind of came up with the U16 girls team. And kind of had a phone call uh, beginning middle of August that a spot was looking to be filled. And, um, you know, I really wasn't too sure. I, we had just had our firstborn um, probably what month and a half, two months prior to that. So oh, wow. the smart thing to do would be to take on the coaching job and not really know the schedule during a COVID year and everything. And, just kind of go for it. So uh, luckily it, it worked out. Um, 
I've had a, a blast doing that this year. Um, you know, we actually just finished up States last weekend and we'll be going to nationals in about three or four weeks, which is really fun. And you know, they're a really special group. They're a really fun group. Um, I've grown to like them more than I think I was planning on. <laughs> I joke about them with, um, but they're a really fun group and, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the success that they've had. Cause it's you 16 girls, right? Yeah. 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 And so where do you see like the future of professional women's hockey going? You know, you're like, so in it now coaching and seeing this next generation of, you know, female hockey players coming up the ranks and it's like, where do they go? What are they aiming for? You know, you can get a college scholarship and the leagues are still kind of, you know, undecided on which way it's yeah. going to go. And it's like, what do you say to those girls to like encourage them, you know? Well, I think it's such a, a unique time for, for women's sports, but especially I think in hockey, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think a big part of it is getting the NHL to kind of back it as as it does in basketball. Um, I think there's been a lot of big steps over the past, you know, several months or year in that field. Um, but, you know, a lot of these girls, they they dream just like all the boys, right? Like they want to play in the NHL or they want to have a league or an outlet where, yes, going to play college hockey is awesome. Um, but you know, making a national team is incredible, but what's after that, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of them don't want to stop playing hockey. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's only a matter of time. And I think that time is uh, closer than it is farther that there is a legitimate women's league that is backed um, by the NHL that has, you know, the, these women are making money to live off of, not right. just, you know, a minimal paycheck, but it, can make careers out of this and I, I think it's close I don't think it's something too far down the line and you know I know that the talent pool for these girls and you know the training just in general these days is so much more advanced than what it was just a couple of years ago so I think what you're seeing on the ice is um you know it's worth watching as well I mean there's a there's yeah. a draw explain more about like debunk that myth that rumor that's like it's not as exciting to watch you know because yeah so like there's a girl on our team actually um probably about a month and a half ago she she had this highlight that was like on espn it was like number two um it was all over you know social media she like dragged it on her heel put it between her legs it it, it was all of them and it was really cool. And everybody's like, is that girl on your team? I'm like, yeah. She's like, how did they, how did she do that? I'm like, they all do it. I'm like, you know, they, <laughs> their, their skill level these days is just so much higher. But, you know, for me, I, I had never coached girls hockey. I had never been on this side of it. Um, you know, I've been on the ice with girls here and there training, but never in a, in a team with, with a full team. And I've enjoyed it so much, you know, these, there's no egos in it. They, they just want to learn. They, they absorb everything and they just want to get better. And, you know, they've, they've really grown in my eyes. Um, you know, our assistant coaches have done a great job working with them as well. And, um, you know, I, I just think that there is this kind of 
idea that, you know, oh, going to watch a girls hockey game, it's not as fun and it's not as fast. It's not as whatever it may be. And yeah, to a degree, like girls hockey compared to boys or men, there's different because physically we're built different. And, but if you go watch a girls game, you know, they're not allowed to technically check. So sometimes there's a lot more skill involved instead of guys just running around trying to kill some. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like it, it, it's, it's all depends on how you look at it, but I really do think um, sooner than later, there's going to be a legitimate Avenue for these girls and women to play post college and not just national team and make a living and, and a good one in that. Would you say that the training is different or slightly different, or is it completely the same between men and women hockey? Um, I would say at the, the youth level, you know, when you're younger, when you're 12, 10, 12, 13, you know, your body's still developing, so you're not necessarily lifting, um, right. which goes for everyone. But I know for the girls on our team, like, you know, they all have their individual – most of them have individual trainers throughout the year that they'll see, you know, two or three times a week. And that's weight training, you know, in the summertime, they're working out in groups with the guys and they're doing the, the hill sprints and the sled pushes and the cleans and, you know, nothing's really different. It's just kind of this view that some people have on women in hockey, but just in general that, Oh, well, you know, they do this differently or they can't skate as much or they, whatever it may be. And really for me, um, I didn't really know one from the other because I had never just really been on this side of women's hockey, but now in this year, I mean, it's, it's all the same. I mean, if, I, if I'm upset with them, we're still going to skate. If we are doing well, you know, they'll hear congratulations and, you know, nothing really changes that much. Um, but it, it's, it was eye opening to me to say the least that, I'm seeing videos of guys that I know who are playing in the OHL or who are, you know, just signed and they're, um, they're training in the summers and whatever, wherever that may be. And, you know, in the background in the second or third group, I see three girls that I've skated with or trained with that are doing the same things. And it's not surprising to me. Um, but I, I don't think that it's talked about or publicized enough that, Hey, it really doesn't matter. We have a goal and they have a goal. And at the end of the day, it's still just playing hockey and training to be the best that you can be. Yeah. Tell us, since we're talking sort of about the yeah. the youth and, and being young and coming up in hockey, you were drafted in the 09 class for yep. the NHL, right? By um, Toronto. Yep. Take us through the like mental state and where you were at when you, you know, when you're that, how young, how old were you then? I had just turned 18, I believe. Okay. So you're like 18 and did you, you, you knew you were going to be like in the draft and a team was going to pick you. Like, tell us about that whole experience. So I was uh, fortunate. I played for the U S national program, which was out of Ann Arbor. Um, and kind of going into that year, um, a good amount of us knew that we were going to either be drafted or there's a good chance or where it might be, um, you know, things of that nature. And going into that summer, 
you know, I was committed to Boston College. Um, I'd actually committed to BC when I was probably, I was in eighth grade. I was really young. Um, And then I obviously, I ended up staying there for about two months and I ended up leaving and going to play in Windsor. Um, That was after I was drafted. Um, So going into the draft, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of come from a football family. My dad and brothers played football in college. And for myself, it was just like, oh, I was the one that stuck it out with hockey and it turned out all right. So going into that, I mean, I can just remember my brothers, uh, my parents and I just kind of at the hotel, like, oh, this is fun. Like, could get drafted tomorrow. And, you know, I had a family advisor agent at the time and, you know, you're hearing things, hey, it could go first round, a third, it could, who knows. But, you know, kind of at the end of the day, it was all just, it was such a great experience. It was in Montreal. Um and, you know, we had a lot of fun while we were there, but I can remember, you know, right after I was drafted, Brian Burke at the time was the GM um, of the Leafs, came up to me, shook his hand. I was like, thank you very much, Mr. Burke. And right away, he's like, don't ever call me Mr. Burke again. You call me Berkey. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> a little nervous. And then uh, and then he said, congratulations. Um there's about 3,000 other kids that didn't get drafted today, so start working. And that was it. And it was just – it was real a real eye-opening experience for me. Um, you know, you hear all all the time, and especially more from a football family, it's like, oh, the draft, the draft, it's so cool. <laughs> and, and in hindsight, it was just, you know, you made it to this point. You're on someone's radar. Congratulations. You know, nice pat on the back. Nothing to – you know, take lightly, it's still a very big deal, but he was more so now there's a lot of kids that are upset that they're not in your position. So what are you going to do? So it was a, it was a really cool experience uh, right off the bat there. And, you know, definitely one I, I won't forget. Yeah. I think that's interesting to hear just how much it's changed. I think in, in that amount of time from 09, where now it's like this, you know, you've got, you know the Alex Trebek who filmed a video to announce the <laughs> draft pick you know and it's like a whole production and, it, and you know we've got cameras in the homes and and I mean obviously it was a little different with COVID and all that but it's it's just changed and I think that's it's just interesting for me to hear because here's I'm going to rattle off a few names for everybody listening that was in your draft class that was um, John Tavares, Matt Duchesne, Evander Kane, Brady Shen, um, the European skaters, Victor Hedman, Oliver Ekman Larson, um, Carl Klingberg, you know, <laughs> there's this is a big draft. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. amongst th- this group of, of players, which is just incredible. Like, so you did you get to hang out with any of them? Did Were you friends with any of the guys there? Were you, like, enemies with any of them? <laughs> like, you know, like rivals on the ice. I guess enemy is not the right word, but. So we had, um, I want to say that we had probably, I could be totally wrong, but from that U.S. team, I want to say we had around seven guys drafted or something like that. Wow. Um, maybe more, maybe less. I really can't remember. If I thought about it here, I'm sure I could figure it out. But um, 
So we had those guys drafted. And then, you know, while we were there, we had the combine um, prior to that where you go, the combine was really cool. So you go, you stay in the hotel and I think there were about 50 guys invited to it. And basically you get a little binder and it's, here's your list times of interviews and you have a workout. So I had, I think every team I had to do an interview with, um, and basically the interviews were 10 minute segments and then there's five minutes in between. And then you go to the next interview all in the hotel. So like for four hours, I'm just like going room to room, like, you know, with my utmost attention and trying to ask the right questions. And Mr. Burking, everybody. Yeah, some and... are super serious. Some are like, like I can remember Toronto asking like, would you rather go to dinner with the president or Sean Avery? And I'm like, why do you need to know this? What does this possibly have to do? And they asked everybody that, you know, and some I'm sure we're just looking for reactions somewhere. Wait, what did, how did you answer? I'm pretty sure I said Sean Avery because I think he's just like a very funny, That's interesting what I would say. human. <laughs> That's what but, I would you know, say. Just like questions what would you be doing if you weren't playing hockey? You know, what, what do your parents do? Do you have brothers and siblings? You know, what motivates you or putting you in just different awkward situations to see how you respond. Um, so I, the interview process was really interesting and cool, exciting, whatever you want to call it. But then the, at the combine, we had to do you know, the workouts, whether it was, um, you know, a frog jump, uh, how high, you know, your vertical, your grip. And then I can just remember we had to do the VO2, which was, um, for anybody that doesn't know it, you're hooked up to all these breathing. It measures, you know, your oxygen that's coming in and how much lactic acid you're, you're pushing out. And you basically go until you fail. Like you're, you're on this bike and every, I think three minutes, they take part of your body weight and then they, there's some type of formula where, you know, they add more weight every three minutes. So it's like a, it's like a long burnout basically to where you can't go anymore. And some guys, you know, eight minutes, some guys, 18 minutes. And it, it really doesn't matter how long you go. It really depends on how much oxygen that you're pumping out or it, you need to take in. So I can remember being on this thing and, you know, there's like a hundred scouts just right in front of you watching you just feel miserable on this thing you're breathing in this tube and you're like i gotta keep going and you know you're getting to the point where your muscles are literally like building up where you're like i can't move anymore and i just remember throwing up all over <laughs> and i pulled the thing out of my mouth i throw up all over and i just put it right back in and i just kept going for like a minute and then then i was done for sure but I wasn't the only one to definitely do that. And I, I, I would guess if you ask any guys, you know, what is worse? Uh, what's the worst part about, you know, testing? Anybody will say the VO2 or the Wingate because it's both a bike. So it was fun. I'm sure and you got like, <laughs> go ahead. yeah, like having a tube in your mouth and like, that's uncomfortable. But to like have awful. to work out, but to have to work out with that, like it would immediately make me want to vomit. That's crazy. We had to do that every year too. Oh and 
I'm pretty sure every camp I went to, I had to do a, a VO2 or a wing gate. And a wing gate is, wing gate might be worse. It's 30 seconds and it's part of your body weight where they drop this weight and you pedal as hard as you can for 30 seconds. And I would almost rather do the other one. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, I mean, I'm sure you got bonus points for yakking and then continuing. You know? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, this shows you've got... <laughs> dedication and right. and you're gonna yeah. you're gonna go until the whistle you know i i would right. be like oh yeah he threw up but yeah, he kept should. going i mean <laughs> we're gonna put a star next to that guy right <laughs> then... oh no i'm just very uncomfortable thinking about the whole situation actually <laughs> first okay. of all i hate i hate vomit and then to think about having a tube Perfect. in your mouth you're just oh this is bad. Okay, well, we'll change the subject. Let's talk about your childhood growing up. And I read this, so tell me if it's accurate, but you grew up next door to uh, Jack Johnson, not the singer, but the uh, current NHL player on the Rangers. I did. Yeah, Jack. Now, uh, yeah, tell, tell us the story. Like, what was that like? Um, are you friends? Are you not? You know, the whole, give us the scoop. So ironically enough, for anybody that, knows there's a guy um who used to play basketball for duke and he was like the most hated college basketball player his name was christian leitner and he was a guy if you guys ever watch a highlight they throw the ball all the way inbounds and he like catches it all the way down the court turns shoots to win and he played for duke and he was like a if you look him up he'll be all over but he actually lived in that house prior for when he played for the pistons to the NBA team here. And then they moved out and I was probably like eight or nine years old. And then this hockey family from Minnesota moved in and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is the best. Like, cause my dad would build a rink every year in our backyard in the winter time. So then that kind of, you know, introduced that. And he lived there for probably two or three years. Um, and, you know, I kept in touch with him for a while there. And then, you know, his career went one way. I started mine and um, I saw him not too long ago. Actually, I saw him last year. Uh, I went and watched a buddy of mine play um, in Detroit and he was playing for Pittsburgh. So I just went up to him after, said hi and, you know, caught up, asked how my family was doing and stuff. But it was uh, pretty pretty small circle in that regard yeah that's to have crazy not <laughs> being siblings but like randomly neighbors and like two right. very talented hockey players coming into the league and and playing in in you know the a and, and all of that i mean that's that's awesome yeah it was it was really fun so that was uh that was cool that you know he lived there and my brothers obviously I was the youngest of three, so they always just used to beat me up outside. And I'm surprised standard. you're not a goalie because like, right? that's how that always goes. They put the youngest in goal, you know? Yeah, so standard uh, brother stuff there. But um, I actually grew up playing my whole life for Detroit Honey Baked. Um, played my youth hockey there, and I was fortunate to play basically from – nine or 10 years old until I was up until 15, 16, where I was fortunate to play for the U.S. program, which at the time was out of Ann Arbor. Uh, now it's out of Plymouth, Michigan. But 
was there for two years and then went for a little stint at Boston College for about two months and then left and uh, played two years in the OHL before heading to Toronto. That's cool. All right. We need some stories like (laughs) that you can share, that you can share. We're, We're not trying to get anybody in trouble, but like rookie parties, buses breaking down, pranks, um crazy uh, coaches have, like give us anything within the safety realm well, we of storytelling i thought was actually hilarious it wasn't too long ago um when i was playing in san diego for anaheim's affiliate um there was a guy on our team joseph cramarosa and we were driving i want to say it was from like we're going from San Diego to like Stockton, which was Calgary's affiliate and driving up the highway and our, our bus broke down. And I, I don't know why it broke down, but they were like, Hey, we're going to be here until you know, the repair comes out. And so we're out there just on the side of a highway for, you know, 45 minutes. And all of a sudden this Uber eats pulls up and we're like, what is going on? And next thing you know, Joe on our team just starts walking up. He's like, hold on, hold on. And he ordered the Uber Eats to the side of the highway to drop <laughs> off food for him because we were just stuck there. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Like <laughs> to this day, I, I'm just like, no way. He he ordered, you know, his to-go food to the side of the highway. Like, how do you even locate that? How do you there was a lot of questions. What did he even order? I, I don't remember. I just remember it was just absurd that he he did that to the side of the highway. I mean, <laughs> there's always stories that happens on buses. I mean, when I when we played in uh <laughs> when I played on the US team, not that this is funny, but I can remember driving home from like the UP and we hit I think like a deer or two and had to pull off and switch buses and that could have been dangerous, but um you know, there's always those stories that, you know, if you just start talking more and more, more and more of them just start to come up. That's crazy. Like who, what kind of player are you in the locker room? Are you the like funny guy? Are you the music guy? Are you the captain serious? Like what's your vibe? Um, I think when I was playing, I, I like to keep it relatively lighter. Um, you know, there's definitely moments or times where it's, you know, you got to be a little bit more serious than, than others. But I think I was, you know, not looking for a laugh, but would, you know, say one thing or, you know, a subtle comment here or there that would, you know, get some guys to loosen up or uh, whatever it may be that was needed uh, to make sure that we were all doing our part and ready to go. So. Would you say that you uh, translate that to the locker room now being a coach? Um, you know, it's it's been a little bit different uh, this year, especially just with coaching with the girls. Um, you know, I know for myself, I'm really only in the locker room right before the game. Um, but when I'm on the ice with them, you know, in practices, they, they can tell, you know, we're having fun, we're messing around, we're joking, but when it is, you know, you're a rapper, it's time to work. It, it is time to work, but otherwise I like to, 
you know, have fun, get to know the person, not just the hockey player and, you know, make it a fun experience for them. Because I think back to when I was their age and coming up, you know, how, what were my coaches like or what were my experiences like? And I always felt that, you know, the more I can relate with a coach or a player, um, the more successful that player will be. But also, you know, you want them to remember this time in their life and when they look back to it be a positive experience and you know think back to man that was a really fun time or we were successful or whatever it may be so hoping to just kind of have that impact on them and you know I think at the same time they're also having a really big impact on me. Definitely do you have any advice for any uh, young players trying to uh, make an impact in the game? Um, You know I I think the one question that I've, I've gotten a lot is, you know, how do you see my daughter? How do you see my son? You know, where do you think they're going to be? And, you know, the biggest thing that I've realized, and if there is one thing that I know for sure is true is everybody's development is different and everybody's path is different. And if there was one way to do it, everybody would be doing it that way. So, you know, just because, so-and-so has an offer at 15, 16, and you don't, and you don't get one until you're 18, 19, doesn't matter that, or it doesn't mean that you might not have as good of a career as them. You just might've taken a little longer to get to that point. And, you know, just because you make it, you know, it's one thing to make it, but it's another thing to stay there and, you know, to be relevant and compete, um, so I, I just think everybody, you know, do what you can to maximize the most out of your own potential. It's hard to not care or think about everybody else because they're your peers. Mm-hmm. But when you can really kind of understand that, hey, my my path's going to be different than the next person's path, and I'm just going to hone into that and try and maximize that the most I can, I think that's when, you know, you'll find success. That's good advice. You said, uh, I want to rewind just a second. You said that the girls were having just as much of an impact on you as well. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I, I just, I've always enjoyed coaching. I always thought that someday, whether it was, you know, for years, whether it was for a month, whatever it may be that I was going to get involved in it. And, you know, we, we've had a really fun, successful year. Um, we just finished up states. We won, which was great. Um, our record, actually, we were 56-1-2 and two on the season. So we've had a very successful year, I guess you'd say, in that terms. But, you know, just coming to the rink, there's, you know, those times in the year where it's the days seem long and, you know, you're getting home from tournaments and you have practices the next day, but there, you know, there really hasn't been a time this year where I've been like, Oh, I've got to go to practice tonight. It's, you know, there's such a energetic group, um, you know, and, and they just, they want to get better. Like we practiced between games and practices. I think we were on the ice like six out of seven days and and we ended on a Sunday. And then on that Monday, I was like, all right, guys, like, you know, no practice today, have the day off. And you would have thought like, like somebody was so mad at me because they were like, what do you mean we don't have practice? And I'm like, guys, day off, like, it's fine. They're like, well, can we still have the ice? Like, is it still there? And I'm like, 
all right, we'll be there. I'll be there, guys. And, you know, we just had like a fun scrimmage practice. But it, it just made me think back to when I was their age. And, you know, your best friends are the ones on your hockey team, right? And that's your group. That's where you feel, in a sense, comfortable. That's just where it, things feel right. So for me, it was like, yeah, let's just go have practice and let's be out there and mess around. And, you know, I, I, I find a lot of joy in that seeing them happy and excited and competing. And, um, you know, for me as a coach now, that's kind of all I could ask for out of them. Definitely. Well, should we uh, hit them with the last three? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll start it off and then Breezy, you take it over. Uh, okay. We ask all of our guests these questions, men, women, doesn't matter who. Yeah. Um, who is your ultimate hockey hunk? Hockey hunk. Interesting. Huh. So I was a big Red Wings fan. And like, we used to have like Red Wings parties, cup parties and all that, like in the 90s and stuff. And it was so fun. But I can remember Sergei Fedorov getting like his Nike skates and like the white and like had like a little bit of his hair and I was like, who's this Russian guy? And I just remember thinking he was like the coolest thing ever to walk this earth. And um, he was. So that'd probably be mine uh, for, you know, back then at least. We've heard him before. That has been a, <laughs> that has been, and Stevie Y as well. Okay. From your yeah. Detroit I family. Mean, Definitely. Yeah. So. All right. And who's your favorite hockey lady? Hockey lady. Interesting. Hillary Knight, I feel like, is all over, like, you know, the social media. I mean, rightfully so. Um, I like Brianna Decker a lot. I like watching her. Um, but, you know, there's a couple of girls, actually, at the beginning of this year. Um, we were fortunate enough to get a couple of them to kind of send in a little message to our team like a 15 20 second clip and there was probably i don't know 15 girls from the u.s and canada national teams that sent in a little good luck on your season clip um so off of that i mean all of those girls i guess i'd say we we're thankful for that so that's awesome dang that's yeah. cool <laughs> yeah that's incredible to hear yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I've noticed, too, is such support and giving back um, to the younger girls. Like, I think the, the girls that are currently, you know, on national teams or on Olympic teams and playing at a high level, they realize the impact that they have and they realize that their sport, I think, is almost there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they take it up upon themselves to make sure that they're giving back or they're, you know, doing a podcast or they're sending good luck messages or tweet, whatever it may be to the 14, 15, 16, 17 year old girls, because, you know, Cindy Crosby and Connor McDavid, well, there's Hillary Knight and Brianna Decker. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how these girls view them. And, I know it's super important, um, you know, to the girls on my team, but I think it's just as important for the game itself. We totally Definitely. agree with that. Yeah, it's about, you know, we've talked to different people on, in all aspects of, of the sport of hockey and, you know, how do you 
balance the team mentality of hockey, but also, especially on the women's side, allowing the personalities to come through because we have to, as fans, get to know who these people are and, you know, story is the best way to do that and be invested in, in who they are. And, and, you know, it creates that popularity that you, you also need to grow the sport. Um, so it's, you know, we're always advocates here for, for the, for the women's games and the, and the women's leagues to, just encourage people to go watch when they are on TV because it matters right. and, you know, in the long run, all of that. Definitely. Off. I think it's, it's super important. And, you know, I think they're, they're doing a great job as to how they're trying to highlight it and bring exposure to the women's game. And, you know, I think if they just kind of keep following those footsteps and, um, you know, pressing on, I, I think sooner than later, some, some really, big and exciting things will come for sure well you mentioned Sidney Crosby and that is our final question <laughs> of the final three do you have a Sidney Crosby story um I do um I think it would have been geez I would have been young I was probably 14 or 15 and um, for me at the time, this was when family advisor agents were starting to get interested, I guess, or, you know, call around. And, um, I was fortunate. My, my uncle actually lived in Pittsburgh at the time and we went out to a Penguins game and was with his agent at the time. And after the game, I got to go down and <coughs> he was super busy and, um, I was like, you know, why are there so many people around? Like, what are they? And it was right when they were starting to film that commercial for, I don't know if it was like a Gatorade or what it may have been, but like all these kids like have hockey sticks and they throw them in the middle. Um, and then, you know, it's like a pickup game outside. I'm sure you can look it up online, but just like tons of kids throw their sticks in the middle. And then like Crosby walks over, grabs a stick and is like, hey, you guys want to play or something along those lines but I met him after that game and he was just like you know in his his sweats after and I can just remember like thinking like god this guy's legs are so big like you know just like tree trunks and I'm like I'm 14 and I'm like oh my gosh like he's not that much older than me like he's four four or five years older and um and he he might have been you know, like a rookie in, in the NHL at that time, or, you know, a first, second year kind of guy. And, um, but, you know, I mean, that was my, my only real run in with him. Um, I can just remember, you know, it's just like God walks through these doors and, you know, you're looking at them. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So that is cool. Oh, I wanted to ask you, do you have a nickname? What's your nickname? I, I don't think I really do. Like, I mean, it's kind of hard to give like a nickname to like Ryan and, or like Kenny. Like it's pretty boring. Um, but I'm sure I've had some throughout the year here or there. So, and what do they call you, Coach Ryan or Coach Kenny? They just call me Kenny or Coach. Like I'm not like you got to call me Coach. Like it's just there's a you know there's that respect given and taken. You know they know when it's it needs to be given and. But at the same time, I, I want to have fun and, um, you know, not be like that 
seven-year-old coach that I had or didn't have that's, you know, barking at you and all that stuff. So it's, they just call me Kenny or Coach Kenny. Awesome. Well, where can uh, our listeners follow you? I only have Instagram and it's just uh, KR underscore hockey underscore development. Um, I've got some videos on there, some old interviews with some old teammates, um, some hockey training stuff and just it's kind of fun. Thank you so much for taking the time. And Absolutely. Definitely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, I like what you guys are, are doing. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.